Welcome to episode 40 of the Face the Future podcast. It's your boy Mills. It's your boy Shan. It's your boy Moose. Moose in the building for the, for the final episode of the season. What's good? What's good? What's good? What's what you good? been up to, man? What you, it's been a few episodes since we last heard from you. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? You know, you know, you know you, you, you're our followers' favorite worst friend. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? They like Basically. to debate you all the time. Yeah. I mean, if you got something to argue about, argue with your father. I don't have anything to say to y'all. <laughs> he said, "Are you with your father? What you been up to lately? We have, we, like I said, we haven't, we haven't heard from you. So that be you. Usually, usually we, usually we haven't heard from Moose. You know what I'm saying? You up to no good? Are you? Are you? Are you? Oh no, nah, I'm not up to no good. I just been, you know, I just been, I just been trying to get my money up and working out. Just been focusing on myself, honestly. So I ain't really been, I haven't been focusing on too much. Um, yeah, I just been studying. Um, I'm trying to go to law school. So how's that? How's that been working out for you? How's the how's what's the, What's the grind like compared to preparing for like regular school, new semester, as opposed to preparing for law school? Um, I'm studying for my LSATs now, and that exam is garbage. Like, think of the SAT, but on steroids and cocaine. Like, it's terrible. Oh man, both like, of them. Like, yes, yeah, both of them. It's terrible. Like, the exam, the exam. If you had all the time in the world to do it, it is not a hard exam. But like, for most people, you get 35 minutes per section to do like 27 questions. How many sections are there? There's well, because of COVID now, there's only three. But normally, there's five sections, so you get. Wait, so is that do you consider that an advantage or a disadvantage? Because it's a it's an advantage because it's less it's less questions you have to answer, and it's one of each section. So at that point, you get a higher score naturally, right? If you know what you're doing, but it's a disadvantage. The only time it's a disadvantage is because the points are worth a lot more. So instead of it being like out of like ninety some to like a hundred some questions, out of like seventy five. So it's like if you mess up on like one, if you don't do as well on one section, you can kind of make it up in other sections. But is it all like case questions? It yo, it has nothing to do with law. Okay. <laughs> so what? So what exactly does it have to do with? Like, so break it down for like the the average listener that doesn't. Well, not even averages. Break it down for every listener that doesn't know what goes into taking the LSAT. You know what I'm saying? Because so, not many people know what the actual test consists of. So the LSAT is made up of three things. It's made up of reading comprehension, logical reasoning, and logic games. So reading comprehension, you read like a passage. You answer questions on the passage. It could be two two passages of like someone talk two contrasting points, two similar points. You could read just a main passage about anything random, humanities, sciences, even something law-related. You don't know what's going to be on it, so it's going to be difficult. Logic games is like one of those puzzles that you used to do in like probably like elementary school where it's like there are six people on a train um, in in numerical order or something like that, and six can't, six can't be in spot three. Like um, the first person is – if the first person – if say John is in slot one, that means like Karen can't be in slot three or four. It's stuff I'm like that. I'm confused already. I can't yeah, even like, I can't even I'm confused already. It's, like, it's, it's garbage. They it's, give you, it's, it sounds like the SATs pretty much. You say yeah. reading, comprehension, all that. That's what it sounds like. And then logical reasoning is just – they give you like a short passage and you have to kind of – it basically gives you an argument and you have to figure out – what will make the argument better depending on what question they ask you. So if like you're asking, if they give you an argument, you have to find like the flaw in the reasoning. You have to find like, okay, what's flawed in this argument? And the way that the answers are set up, you would think that all of those questions are right just because of what they're asking you. And like what happens is that a lot of times people assume people assume with the with the test, but you can't assume. Because if you assume, that's how you get shit wrong. So it's like I'm gonna stop you there. Yeah. I'm gonna use that as a segue point. Because okay. You're talking about assuming and getting shit wrong. Yeah. 
And how often do we see that now, just based on the climate, everything that's going on, and what and what people think they know versus what they what they don't really know, and, and whether it be just getting cases wrong, whether people are assuming um, things happen or don't happen in certain situations that we see on TV, the internet, whatever it may be. What are your thoughts on that? I think it's super garbage. I think that everybody takes certain things as face value, and I think that when you take things at face value, it puts you at a detriment because you're not you're not questioning the validity of where you're getting something from. Like, let's take Joe Budden, for example. The whole situation with, like, what was going on with him. He had a smear campaign going on. If you don't understand what's going on and what's going on in his life, you, you, under, you wouldn't understand that it's really a smear campaign. You just think that, oh, this just naturally came out. Like, information just came out. But then when you actually know how that stuff works, it's not going to be like, oh, yeah, this stuff just magically came out. Yeah, of course, because like with, with what happened with him, once he announced and kind of like bashed Spotify during their breakup, quote unquote, um, a whole like you said, smear campaign. Those don't know what a smear campaign is when, when I guess you 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 have a disagreement with, I'll say major corporations, because that's normally when we see it. Um, certain things start to leak out from your past that people didn't really care about before, but all of a sudden it's in the limelight to try to to try to smear your reputation mm-hmm. and and. and, and and deter other companies or other business people from working with you. So when you when you saw that happen and basically how they broke it down with Joe Budden and how he thought it was Spotify, but it he doesn't think it's Spotify. He thinks it's who Charlemagne, correct? Exactly. So when you saw when you when you listen to that, do you agree with him? Do you think it was uh them or who do you think it was Spotify? My thing is that I look at it like this: if you're a major corporation, you're not going to be pressed to do stuff like that no matter how much money they're making you. It's like saying um, Universal has bad business with Spotify and then they leak something out about the president of like Universal Music Group. Like, why would you do that? Why would, why would Spotify do that? They're not in the business to, sm- to do smear campaigns. You get what I mean? Normally, when you do smear campaigns, you hire a PR team. And normally, those PR teams come from like individuals. So I think it's like, I think it was Charlemagne just based off of the premise of like, just of like the information that I was that I was looking up on both of them and why they're like they're kind of having their little their little beef, but it's just with smear like Joe Budden got beef with everybody. It seemed like he don't have beef with everybody. Or everybody got beef with him. However you want to look, people are just it. mad at him because he's just an honest person. Like he's an honest person. He's unapologetically himself, and people get upset about that. You know what I mean? So it's like at the end of the day, he don't really care because his personality is I'm paid or like I get money to be a contrarian. I got money to be this type of personality. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's like he's just one of those guys that kind of rubs people the wrong because Joe Rogan is the same way. Yeah. And so is Charlemagne the same way. And uh, like Gilly and Wallow, they do the same thing. They they they, they say how they say and they, and they don't apologize for what they said. So it's, it's weird to see how in the media that shit kind of plays out. Exactly. Because it's like when you really look at how Joe Budden is, I think Joe Budden gets the most heat because he used to be a rapper. You know what I mean? And when he com- when he comments on other rappers and stuff like that, the funniest like when he came at Logic, for example, that was the funniest thing ever. But people are like, "Why are you coming crazy at him?" Or like, "Why are you coming crazy at artists when you used to be an artist?" But it's like that was like that's his lane, and I think that's where people don't really understand it. Sometimes they still look at him as Joe Button the rapper, but he's not Joe Button the rapper no more. He's no. Joe Button the media personality. Yeah, he has no those, rapper. Yeah, years. those are two different people. You know what I'm saying? So it's just, it's interesting, you know, when people kind of don't really look at the facts and just assume. Yeah, when they're assuming, also another big thing was um, people were assuming what asked for from, from Spotify, you feel me? And they were trying to bash him. 
And more so, you saw people of his own race bashing him rather than outside racing. I started to see that. More, like, I've noticed that more and more growing up as like a black person. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Our society, it seems like we get a lot of hate from our own people when they see us start to elevate or separate from them. Yeah, it makes it makes sense. Um, I think that that happens a lot of times because when I, a lot of I think one of the main things that I think a lot of African Americans don't like is when people are assuming like people appear arrogant. Like when you appear arrogant, like you're better than people, or when you appear that you know you have your ish together, and people see like oh, like this is how you used to be. People still kind of people still try to label you or trying to judge you from where you were before, and they don't look at what you're trying to do. And it's like, it becomes a problem because when you're not understanding people's intentions, then you're kind of just, you're not really, you're, the only thing you have to do is look at the character. And I think that because, I'm not saying Joe's a perfect guy, like, nah, like, he's done things that are wrong, but everybody's done things that are wrong. But when you look at his intention of what he's trying to do, it's like, why are you hating on him? Because it's like, you have that art friend that you probably don't want to follow on Instagram or support on Twitter that's trying, you know, own all his stuff. You know what I mean? So it's like, how do you sit here and hate on a guy who wants to fight for a creative's um, ownership and fight for his right to, you know, comment on what type of streams he could bring in just because, you know, he may have done something in the past. So I think it's just really interesting how we how we always look at the, like, when it comes to African Americans, we always tend to judge each other based off of our character rather than our intention of what we're trying to do. I think it's really interesting to see. Yeah, it is interesting. And I think if there's anybody that deserves to kind of set their own market and ask for however much money they want in a podcast game, especially is Joe Budden coming from what coming from like podcasting when he first started to what it is now. Like, I didn't even realize that the podcast that has been on the iPhone since the third generation. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And like, nope, I didn't start using podcasts until the, until the last couple of years. Yeah. So if there's anybody that has put the work in and paid their dues and has been severely underpaid as far as podcasting go, it would be Joe Budden, and, whether you like him or not. And when you even think about not even just the fact of when he started, but what he's also done and how and how he how do I say this? How he puts in his his content. Right. Like when he made everyday struggle, apparently he asked for the same thing. He wanted to make podcasts and do a, a ownership with Complex, and he wanted to do like five, six other podcasts. Him. Yeah, because he wanted to do, he wanted to do, because he was on, um, on the, he was on live with academics talking yeah. about it. He wanted to do Everyday Struggle, his normal podcast that he had. Yeah, him and Act. Yeah, him and Act, and then his pull up. Yeah, and then I think bring on like two other podcasts, and he for said forty like k a month, forty k a month for yeah. five different shows, yeah. which is un- grassy that's underpaid. That's yeah, and Complex didn't do it. And yeah, that means, like you said, they're so far away from the mark of what the future holds and where the business is going that they don't even know. And that, and I think with that, that plays a bigger problem to corporations because I think what happens a lot of times is that corporations kind of hire hire people that are similar that are in similar markets to try to you know increase like economies of scale or increase certain ways to get a bigger reach or maintain a certain reach that they have. Like a lot of times, like people in like DSPs, like they'll hire people that used to work in like TV or something like that to like, you know, try to maintain the current viewership that they had or maintain certain things that they've already had. So that's how they can grow from that. But where the problem comes in with that is when you sit here and look, when you try to hire people from 
a certain type of industry that's kind of moving on that's kind of moving out of the market you're going to you're going to you're going to move and make moves based on a previous market scheme you, i agree yeah you're you're, bas- you're basing your movements off of you're not looking ahead you're basically basing basing your movements off of stuff you do, stuff you've done in the past yeah which like a lot of corporations and a lot of businesses when they do that you see them slowly fall under mm-hmm. yeah. you feel me and like Shannon just Detail to everybody how Joe Budden was on the podcast way, way before everybody else. Like, if you go on YouTube, you see him outside with a laptop and a mic plugged in outside of events just talking. Yeah. You feel me? Granny audio from when he first started, like episode one, episode two, and it's like, I forget what they used to call their podcast, but... Like, I'll name this later. Yeah, like so yeah. it's like, when you see somebody put in the groundwork and then you, and, and especially when we're in this lane... As black people seen a, a, a guy of our same race elevate in the game, take over the game, he's a goat in the game. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And you see how the industry does him. It's yeah. like he's one of the pioneers of this po- He's one of the pioneers of the podcasting world. You gotta give him that. Whether you like him or not, you gotta get that to him. And how many people has he bought to these platforms? You know what I'm saying? As a result of his show. And that's really and that's really it. And it's like when you add someone who you know who's who's grandfathered in essentially, and how he he produces his content. Like when he did, like I said, everyday struggle. Even when he was talking, when he was dissecting Drake and all his disses towards Kanye, um, when he talked about the complex situation, like the way that he presents his his content is different from everyone else because, like I said, he's a contrarian. It's it's authentic. Like yeah, you, it's no one authentic. no one's done it like he's done it. You feel me? Yeah. And the thing I like about him, as I do like about I like about like Charlemagne and all them, they ask the questions that your normal interview wouldn't ask. Exactly. They're gonna they're gonna poke your buttons for a reason. Mm-hmm. They don't care if they make you mad. That's that's their goal at the end of the day to to dig deep and and, and, and ask those questions that, like you said, the everyday person wouldn't ask. But I don't know. Like that's the real media to me. That's the real media. That's how the media is supposed to be because people want to know the real shit. Yeah. People don't want to know the basic. How did you get it? Yeah, pe- people want to know what what's really going on. Yeah, that's true. But I guess, like for me, I would. You're right. I guess for me, I'm not a big fan of Charlemagne because my problem with Charlemagne in terms of how he asks his questions, they come off very intrusive. Like he'll just like another example. Like going back to the logic thing when he was on when he was on the Breakfast Club, he straight up asked he he straight up asked Lash, like, "Yo, who raped your sisters?" Like it's just out of nowhere. You know what I mean? Well, yeah, he's a little bit out of pocket. Yeah, sometimes. like the yeah, way yeah. that he asks his questions when he wants to be nosy, it's really intrusive. Joe, when he when he wants to be when he wants to be an asshole, he's gonna be an asshole. But when he wants to ask questions when it comes to artists, he doesn't do it in a way that Charlemagne does it. He asks it in a way where it's like, "I'm giving you the floor to say what you want to say, but I'm still gonna ask you this without it being majorly intrusive." You know what I mean? And I think that that's why I, in my opinion, I would prefer someone like a Joe Budden because Joe, like, even though like Joe's a media personality, he still understands how to communicate to an artist. You know what I mean? And I think that's what that separates gives, that him. That gives him an advantage. That for gives sure. him a super mm-hmm. advantage in terms of um in front of everyone else. So, but yeah, it's just interesting how people just kind of just it's just judging by judging by character, not the intention. So so. You're you're someone that's going into law. Um, I don't know what type of law you want to do, essentially, but going into law as being, say, you're an entertainment lawyer. Mm-hmm. What advice would you give someone like a Joe Budden who's trying to do his do, do his own network or is doing his own network? Would you tell? Would you advise him to um, 
try to find another deal with the with the platform like a Spotify, YouTube, whatever maybe. Or do you, do you feel he has enough pool and enough and a big enough following to do essentially what he looks like he's doing with his network? Um, my advice is if you have a goal, you need to find a lawyer that believes in your goal, and it's not and it's not even just about the money. Because when you find a lawyer and when you find people that believe in what you want to do in terms of like a legal team and just like a management team, it's easier for you to get what you want. Because what ends up happening with a lot of artists and a lot of like media personalities is that most of these lawyers that they hire are going to be good friends in the entertainment industry with one person or another. And that puts you at a disadvantage because it's like, yeah, you're my client, but that manager has been my friend since high school. So my thing is, yeah, I may look out for you as the client, but I'm really looking out for my homie and helping him make the most dollars possible. So it's like if you're going to hire somebody, you need to hire somebody that genuinely believes in you and someone that you genuinely trust. Because I'm starting to get to a point now with me, even though I'm not in law school yet, I've been seeing a lot of like, oh, artists, artists keep getting screwed over, signing 360 deals, signing these different things. But it's like you should know these things and you should know your market because – that's how you get screwed over. Like artists are getting screwed over left and right. That like that's the standard for record labels, DSPs, like all of that. So it's like for someone like a Joe Budden who's trying to create his own content, find someone that genuinely believes in your vision and wants to genuinely help you. Not because of the fact of, you know, you can make money or because you know what you're like they could profit off of it, but because they genuinely want to see a difference in that. And I think that once he were to do something like that, it makes it easier to do negotiations and it helps it helps you um in every aspect because you don't have to think about the contracts you don't have to think about certain things because that lawyer is always gonna put clauses in there or maximize um maximize maximize your benefit in a way that you may not think of yeah i agree with that um to an extent because i feel like also you want to have somebody that you trust you know what i'm saying of course you have somebody that you trust wholeheartedly believes in your vision but I feel like also having somebody that maybe has a few connections or so that can help you navigate because they've been there before, yeah, will also be beneficial. They may not they may not have to be your main lawyer or whatever, but I feel like you should have some a lawyer that's on your team where you can reach out to in terms of like consulting that knows how to navigate the game, whether yeah. they whether you on a client basis or that best friend basis that you may seem. Because, like I said, I feel like there's pros and cons to both. Like you you yeah. definitely want. To have somebody that's that's with you on the ground level, that's maybe starting in the game, like you're starting the game. So as you guys grow together, then you become that staple that when they have future clients, look, I I know I know such and such, I know Toby, da da da. He's he's done this, this, and this. Yeah. If you need anything, reach out to him. Whether you're on the friend basis or the client basis, whatever it may be. So I mean, I feel like there's pros and cons to both of that. But I mean, and then also like be, being in, in law and studying law so much. Um, Shane might have questions about this too, like. With everything going on, like with the Breonna Taylor situation, um, Tory Lane situation, what do you see? Is this is is this one of the main reasons you want to join law to have that representation? Speak, let's speak on the Breonna Taylor situation first, based on the stuff that's happened the last few days. Mm-hmm. Them them not quote unquote bringing any charges to her killing, her murder, but I guess they brought charges. What, what was the what was the the charge that they brought to the officer? Wander, wanton. It's wanton like endangerment, endangerment, something like that. Basically, it's basically what they charged the police officer with is basically imagine you imagine you shooting a gun in the air, and that's basically what he got charged with. 
So yeah, for, for, for pretty much hitting someone else's apartment that it yeah. was pretty much reckless shooting. Yeah, Put basically. it that way. And so, like, my thing is that this is this is part of the reason why I do want to join. Um, for me, it, it doesn't make sense to me um, looking at it from an African-American where, granted, I'm not going to assume 100%, like, well, actually not. In this case, I'm going to assume because logically, <laughs> this, this shit don't make no sense to me. It doesn't. Honest, it yeah. doesn't. It, it don't make no sense to me yeah, neither, bro. So I'm I'm right there with you, even though we kind of contradicted ourselves from earlier, but still. Nah, yeah, this I, is a different. I, this segment. this is a different segment, and, and and I wanted I wanted to take a deep dive into it because, like I said, you're a black man going into law, and I feel like we definitely need way more representation for situations like this. But then you say the same thing: you want rep- rep- uh, representation as in as as having a black person in, in law enforcement, whatever it may be. But then when you go to down to Kentucky. The person who didn't bring charges it's to the black, is a black man. man, so it's like, it's like it's a joke. It's a you think joke. you you think you have somebody that's that's for the cause, whatever it may be. He's and, not, and, and and they're really not not based on maybe like their power necessarily, but based on the laws that they that they have set up in that specific state. So what ends up happening? Um, like this is part of the reason why I wanted, I do want to be a lawyer. Um, part of my problem with attorney generals is that they actually kind of have to play politics in the legal system. And it's, an- yes. and it's annoying yeah, they do. because it's like, you're supposed to be in there and you're supposed to be a moral compass. But like, you know, Kentucky, I'm assuming it's a Republican. It's a Republican it is. State. Yeah. It's a Republican state. Well, I think the mayor is a Democrat. So I could be, I could be wrong off of that, but depending on how it is, like you're, you're playing, to, you're playing to Republican ears, um, but at the end of the day, what's right is right and what's wrong is wrong. And for me, I'm the type of person where it's like, you can't sit here and tell me that the police officers didn't have a warrant, had the wrong warrant for the house, and then came in and shot somebody that they didn't even know was in there. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And it's like, this goes to my problem where it's like, as a lawyer, Things need to be presented, and from what I'm hearing, that um one of the people in the grand jury they want to appeal the um I guess I guess they want to release the information yeah, that was said. Yeah, I just sent you this. Yeah, they, they want to release all that information that was said in the um in the like the I forgot what it's called on the top of my head. Basically, the grand jury wants to release the the recordings of everything that was said in the in the trial, um just because they were. I guess they're saying that they didn't hear anything about an indictment, or the inter- they say yeah. they were saying the attorney general was reporting false information yeah. or things that they or th- things that they had never heard or were said. Yeah, and that's a big problem because it's like now as a lawyer, we already we already have the notion that you know we're crooks, we're corrupt, we don't have a soul, um, you know we're on the wrong side of justice, things of that nature, and then it's potentially that you lied. And so it's like, as somebody who was sworn into office, not once when you when you pass the bar, but again, as an attorney general, you're lying to the people for what reason? Because you're afraid of pushback? Well, then if you're afraid of pushback, then you need to figure out how to prevent that pushback. And the thing or is- Or get another job. Yeah. It's like, it, it doesn't make any sense to me. And it's just like, going into that situation in general, like, I was having a conversation with my father about this. It's like- I don't want to be the the guy to beat the dead horse as a black man, but it's like, this is why we need to not even just vote, but we need to run for office in our communities because it doesn't make sense that we complain about Donald Trump, right? And I'm not saying Donald Trump isn't a bad guy, but it doesn't make sense that we complain so much about the president and things that he's doing up top 
but you know, your your local city council is run by sixty year old white men and women. Mm, I agree and with they that. Don't care, and you know they can't relate to you know you growing up in that type of hood. So it's like if you want to see change, you have to go to local office and vote. You can vote for the chief of police. You can vote for your mayor. You can vote for city council. You can vote for your assemblyman. All of that, and that's where you know you're going to see better difference you're gonna see more well, of a difference well i think also that pl- the thing that plays a part as well is us us elevating to like the role of being like elder statesmen being older you know what i'm saying i feel like we have to push that narrative to the to the youth coming up though like make make them aware that like look the real way for you to make a difference is learn about this learn about becoming a lawyer learn about becoming a a politician, maybe not in the forefront of politics, but grassroots, grassroots, that type of thing. Learn, learn, learn how you can actually make a difference within your community instead of just saying, "Oh, you need to vote." Like that's a like I, I sent a message to you, like yeah. saying, "Now people are gonna say, oh, you see this.' They're gonna be like, oh, go vote, vote, vote.' Like that's a very vague statement. Yeah. Go vote. Mm-hmm. We know we need to vote. What exactly are you voting for? Voting for? Are you? Do you just want them to vote in the in, in the big election? Do you need them to vote in the primary? Do you need them to vote in the local elections? Like. I feel as though, like even even me personally, I didn't really understand the importance of local elections until I got a certain age. You feel me? Yeah. Like in high school, elementary school, you know what I'm saying? They just push, oh, you need to vote for the president because of this, this. You have the Democratic Party or the Republican Party, whoever it may be. These are the people that impact your life. They don't tell you about all all the um, elections that go into, like you say, like attorney, the attorney generals have elections. Do you get elected in the attorney mm-hmm. general's office? Uh, like you say, your local elections, whether you're mayors, whatever it may be, your councilmen. Like you need to be well versed in all of that to actually have a full grasp on what's gonna happen in the big election. You feel me? Exactly. Because that's just one. That's just one part of it. You never learn about that shit though. Nobody. You, you never learn about that. You never learn about voting for all those. Like you just said, you never learned about that shit growing up ever. How many times have you? Have, how many times you've been told to that you have to do your local elections? Never. And the thing is, and even with that, and this is why I said you should go and run. Right. I want to go vote. Right. And I want to go look at, like, the city council. I mean, like, you know, the city council for, like, my town all that. There was, like, two people on there. Only two people. And so it's, like, this is what I mean when I say, like, the other things, like, this is what I mean when I say local politics are just as important, if not more important, than, like, presidential elections. Yeah. Like, the president is the person that represents the United States. You know, he signs, you know like legislature from the Senate and things of that nature. But it's like, if you want to see the big difference, you know, if you want to say, for example, some of my African-Americans who want to throw day parties at the park, you're not going to get that approved if you have 60-year-old white men and women running your city council because those people approve those permits. Those people approve all that stuff that's going on. So it's like, if you want certain things to happen, you want to feel safe in your communities. You have to be able to put these people, you need to put the proper people in office for you to get the proper results that you want. So being a person, because you interned for, did you intern for? Um... No, no, I worked. I worked, Um, for people that don't know, Um, I used to work in the 16th legislative district in New Jersey. Um, It's probably, yeah, it's, it's a weird, it's weird. It's like, yeah. It's but you were, you worked in the government. So like, yeah, you, you understand like the inner workings of how things go on. So like, my thing is how, how do you say, say someone like me, mm-hmm. how, how do I start an initiative? How do you think I should, like, I, I would be able to start an initiative to like, all right, I think kids in, at this point in time in school should learn about this, this, and this to make, to make it, to make it a well-known thing because when you see the thing like when you see the situation like Breonna Taylor, 
You feel me? The Breonna Taylor situation and the way like the verdicts went, the settlements went, people are just in, up in arms because they don't understand why certain things happen. Yeah. You feel me? Yes, on the outside looking in, we we we're like we're mad, emotionally mad, we're upset. But that's because we don't know why we don't understand yeah, why that on, stuff yeah. happened. You feel me? And I'm asking a few attorneys, a few lawyers that are, like our friends that I that asked about like why did this happen? Why why weren't why wasn't the um cop um indicted over this, this, and this? And like see, and they told me they're like this. They're like, Miles, the way this is set up in, in Kentucky, yeah. they'll never get convicted is because of the way their laws set up. And the laws and the inner workings of things aren't made for the everyday person. And then, like you said earlier, the attorney general they're in cahoots with the police force. They gotta play the politic game. You feel me? And the president. Yeah. Uh, this convention. Yeah, that's that's what I'm, that's what I'm saying. So it's like, all right, the reason that didn't work is because the laws were never set up for it to for him to be indicted. Exactly. And, and people just get people go on social media. Oh, this should happen. This should happen. No, nah, it shouldn't have happened because you don't know the system. The system isn't set up for yeah, it to happen because it can't it can't happen legally. Legally, it can't happen, and that's what it comes down to. And that shit is crazy. How, how how can these laws be put in place? Like you said, they're not made for people like me and you. You know, it's made to help essentially get motherfuckers off or not hold people accountable. It's ridiculous. It's, it's honestly ridiculous because when when I saw the verdict of, of the whole, how they weren't going to press any charges regarding like her death or anything like that, they had the $12 million settlement. At first, I was confused. I was like, why did this happen? Yeah. And, and, and also, the way the media, they set it up, they announced that the $12 million settlement happened before the actual, um, what's it, the criminal charges and what's the other yeah. one? Criminal versus civil. Civil. Yeah. So what usually comes first? The I mean, criminal charges usually get I mean, settled? it depends on the situation. It depends on how, I mean, it depends. Like, you can have a criminal, you have a criminal case, someone not get convicted, and then someone can still file a civil suit. Yeah, so, but I'm saying, you know I'll say normally the criminal cases happen first because yeah. they try to bring the criminal charges to them, and then yeah. if that doesn't go through, then they go to civil to try to get some type of money, whatever right. it may be. Right. Yeah, that's normally. Yeah, and, and, I get what you're saying. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, but the way they announced it, it made it seem like oh, the family settled for the bread instead of the instead yeah, of getting it's a media charges. Thing. Yeah. It's a media thing, so that has everybody up in arms around the wrong thing. But the, they shouldn't be mad about the settlement. They should be mad that we don't even have shit in place for us to bring charges to, to a police officer. That that, yeah. So as a lawyer. Or someone that aspires to be a lawyer, how do you think people from the inside can help alter the way the system is developed, or, or help make change to change the laws that that would allow that would allow officers to be charged for no knock warrants, going in and shooting somebody that's that had legally has a gun and is allowed to bust on anybody? Pause. Anybody can. <laughs> <laughs> <He said> pause. <laughs> It, who could who could shoot on anybody that comes into the into their into their home? Because they legally have that right. If you have a, a concealed and carry, if someone comes to your home, you have that stand your ground rule, correct? Yeah. In most states, New Jersey doesn't, unfortunately. But like Florida, I think yeah, Kentucky doesn't. But because yeah. they try to they try to blame it on on her boyfriend. That's the reason that the whole situation happened. But yeah. legally, he has the right to do what he did. Yeah, the so laws are goofy because like you see, even with uh, Zimmerman. He was like legally allowed to do what the fuck he did because of the gun laws in Florida. That shit doesn't make any fucking sense. Technically, he so I hate that. I hate that Zimmerman, bro. We all do. Technically, what he did was technically not stand your ground because of the fact that he approached him and he attacked him first. But all all that I'm saying is whatever the laws that are in place in Florida allowed him to get off. You know what I'm saying? So the laws are goofy. Yeah, as hell. I think so. To answer your question, Mal, it's tricky because it's like what you have to understand is that there's a lot of times people want to play into a story. Like we'll use we'll use 
we'll use the Democrat we'll use the Democrats as an example. Like we all know for most people that know politics, we all know why Joe Biden is the person who got elected. We all know why he chose Kamala Harris. Like people who don't know, for example, like from who from who I was talking to, Joe Biden and Kamala Harris's family, they're actually really, really good friends. Their families are really, really close. People don't know that, right? And so the thing is, is like in addition to that, like him picking Kamala Harris, we all know that it was to pander to black people because they want black people to vote Democratic because most black people actually don't vote Democratic. It's just the Democrats that are black that do vote that do vote that way are a lot more present than the people that are independent. So my thing is that looking at it like that, it's tricky when you have a certain system trying to play a certain narrative and you're somebody that wants to be against that narrative. I had a mentor who he worked he worked um, on the Hill and his goal was, you know, he said he wanted to make a difference, you know, because you work for politics. You think that you can make a difference, you know. But when you go in there and you understand how it works and you understand how people work and move, then it's like it was yeah, not as harder, easy, than, it's harder than you thought. It yeah. was the same thing that happened with me when I first got my job working, 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 um, working locally. I was like, yo, like I was excited, you know, I'm gonna make a difference. But then when you understand all the stuff you can and can't do, it's like, yeah, it's gonna be hard. Yeah, yeah it's yeah. it's harder to do. So it's like. When you want to make the difference, it's like you have to be, you have to put yourself in that position of power, which is why I say, like, you start with city council. It's like you can't change nothing. You can't change local legislations. Like, even using something basic, like, if you're, if you plan on, I know we knock people that stay in our, our hometowns for a while, right? But if you come from like a, a lit hometown, like, I'll use, um, let's use Franklin, New Jersey, for example. That's by that's by Rutgers, right? That looks so well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like if you use Franklin, New Jersey, for example, Franklin, New Jersey, a lot of a lot of people stay in that area. If you now, if you're like 24, 25, you're on the city council, you're on the city council board, right? Because most of those people on there, there's like two black women on there. One used to be my chief of staff, but if you're on there, you're young, you understand how people work and how young kids work. If say somebody from Rutgers says, "I want to throw a day party in Franklin." You're not going to be like, no, because I'm afraid that something's going to happen. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Because you're like, they're 23, 24 years old. They're not going to do anything crazy. You know what I mean? Unless you're bringing like 30-year-old dudes from outside the state. So like when you want, when you vote, when you go into the, when you go into those, um, those elected positions and you make that, that's how you make that change. You go in there and you fight for the things that you want and you see. So that's how it becomes easier for you and the people that come after you and people that look like us to do to do what we want to do. Yeah, we're right. I agree with that. The reason I agree with that is because it's the same thing with the rap game. I look at it. When now the old heads they get all oh, these new dudes is corny, whatever it may be, blah blah blah. It's because you're out of touch. Yeah. It's the same thing. It's like in any it's in the other industry, like when when me and my pops get the same argument. Oh, my era of basketball is way better. Da, da, da. Like Oscar Robinson will give everybody triple double. I said, get up out of here. This is yeah, a new Oscar wave. Robinson's you know what I'm saying? Nobody you feel me? Bro. But I understand what you're saying. Um, but in the same light as like I said, I want to stay on the topic of being being black in law because it's like very vital and very important. Cause like I said, the lawyers that I talk to, reach out to, they're all minority lawyers. Yeah. You feel me? Two of them are black, one is Hispanic. So it's like yeah. they 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 felt they felt the impact that the Breonna Taylor case had, especially the one as a woman. Yeah. And another two, like I said, were black males. So it's like they felt the impact that it had and and they 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 had like 
they felt they were they were like they felt not distraught, but they felt a way like oh, I wish I could do more. Like I'm in, I'm in law and I can't, can't do, anything, do anything. I can't do anything to help just based on the way they set up. So it's like this brings me to my next question: of Do you feel? I got to I got ask a question. Do you feel as though if this were a white woman? Yes. And. Do you think there's a white woman getting killed, her boyfriend shooting at the thing, that there would be charges brought to this case? Yes. Because of the murder of the woman? Um, it, yes and no. I think what, that... Hold on, hold on. What about you, Shannon? Just, I just want to hear both just vague statements, yes or no, before we get into the actual discussion. Yes. Okay, now go ahead, Toby. Explain why you think that, and I want you to actually explain why your, your thought process, too, if you want to feed off of him okay. after. I think yes, because... Well, I think yes and no, because I think that something would happen depending on the state, right? But in terms of something really happening to police officers, like him losing his badge, things of that nature, I think there's a very good chance that it might not happen. Because I remember my dad was explaining to me, there was a situation where there was a black cop and he was shooting, he was killing people. And I don't think anything crazy happened to him. It wasn't like he got sent to jail for life or nothing like that. Like it was just, yeah, it happened. But I'm talking. I'm not talking about just somebody going. Obviously, that's bad. Him going around killing people. I'm talking yeah. about the way this case has so much magnitude. How how it was, how it was oh. pushed across the world, not just the country, the world. Like if this was the roles were reversed, like. Oh, I think because like I think I forget what state it was in, but there was a story that was just like this, but the roles were reversed. There was a bunch of black cops that went into the wrong place and killed somebody, and they all got convicted of murder. Literally, you know what I'm saying? Literally, without even it was like with the quickness. There was none of this dragging out nothing. It was y'all killed her. Yo, they convict. Uh, they they charged them with the quickness, and they convicted them like clockwork. Literally like clockwork. You know you can't you can't sit there and. and Explain to me any other reason why. I mean, those guys are on a police force just like any other police force is. When it comes to, we talk about that gang mentality, how they're looking out for each other, they threw those guys under the fucking bus. You know what I'm saying? Go ahead and rock. You know, and like seeing seeing the the little bit of the body cam footage from the actual situation, it makes the whole thing even more sketchy. Yeah. It makes the whole thing even worse because you hear the one cop ask, did they, did they, uh, did they shoot first? And, and the one dude said, we didn't see any shots come from the bedroom first. So what the fuck happened in that room? We'll never know what really happened in the situation. So what it is now is what it is and is what it's going to be, sadly. That's the and that's my biggest that that be and that that's what gets me so annoyed with just the fact of like people finding it easy to defend cops and finding it easy to defend the situation. Oh my gosh, well her boyfriend was this her boyfriend was that, but it's like, okay, well you probably have a cousin who who does something similar? Who probably does who probably does illegal drugs? Probably sells illegal drugs, and he's probably not black. So my thing is that when people find it so easy to justify cop behavior like this, even the cops themselves that aren't even in that state, yeah. right? It just doesn't make sense. And for me, like, and this is why I was talking to my father about this. I'm like, yo, like, I don't care. But for like, let me not. I mean, I don't care what people think about this. But for me, I said this. I think that cops should not be able to have a shorter a shorter training than I do than I had a pledging process and they can be cops. Mm-hmm. What's it like 6 months? Yeah. No, not even. Like you can go to the community college over here and you'll be a cop in like less than a semester. Mm. 
Yeah, well, out here carrying a gun and all yeah. that stuff. And think about that. And you know the type of people that we grew up around. Yeah. So you think... Don't think, need to be holding no people, guns. Think about people with that racist mentality just saying, oh yeah, I'm going to go and pledge, police fight police, and the next thing you know, I have a gun. And with the same mindset that they had towards people that look like us. And they can just walk around with guns and do whatever they want, and they're in a position of power. Because you can't do nothing. Because I guarantee you the local laws protect them. Yeah. So it's like for me, y'all need to go to college. I'm not talking about go to commute. Go to college. Go get a four-year degree. You need to have a mandatory minimum. You need to study psychology, sociology. You need to study some type of people psychology. You need to have some type of diversity studies in terms of women's studies, African-American studies, whatever, before you even think that you can go become a police, before you can go and train yourself to be a police. Because it doesn't make sense that you can go in, you're not even trained to handle a crisis. You're not even trained to handle people who are having mental health episodes, but you can go and know how to shoot people. Off the street. to neutralize. Us three can go tomorrow and become cops. Exactly. I can go and learn how to shoot to neutralize, but I can't handle somebody who may be having, you know, a schizophrenic episode, Mm -hmm. who's off their medication. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? So it's like, how do you sit here and tell me Anybody, anybody who's listening, you know, who supports the police, who wants to back the blue, tell me how you can justify that. And you can you can justify that. But you may have a cousin that may be bipolar or who's dealing with some type of mental health, mental health issues. And a police officer's first reaction to seeing them if they're acting out is to shoot them. Think about that before you come and tell me that, oh, uh, blue lives matter or, you know, all lives matter and all that nonsense, because I'm not here for it no more. I'm not. Yeah. Granted, yeah, I want to go into law, but what I'm not going to do, let's even say somehow, some way, I were to become attorney general, I'm not tolerating that. I'm not. Yeah, I'm I not. mean, and to me, it shouldn't even come down to what you just said, if the rules are reversed, because it shouldn't matter. Somebody lost their life. Black, white, Hispanic, Asian, it doesn't fucking matter. Somebody lost their life at the hands of some cops that were doing their job wrong. They need to be held accountable for that shit. Period. That's all it comes down to. Take the color out of it. They did wrong, and they took somebody's life, somebody's wife, Somebody's, uh, some, I'm sorry, somebody's girlfriend, somebody's daughter, somebody's sister, somebody's cousin, you know, an employee of a company. They took this person's life and you're not held accountable for it. Exactly. What kind of shit is that? Make it make sense to me because it doesn't. Because if this was somebody else, if this was, if this was you and this was your, this was your white brother, your white cousin who lost their life, you wouldn't be sitting here saying all lives matter. You wouldn't be saying black, back the blue. No, they need to be held accountable. Exactly. Exactly. And my thing, and my thing is. My thing is this, okay, you have your no-knock warrant. Boom. That's in place. Cool. You're going to get a supposed big-time drug dealer. Boom. That shouldn't, you getting and capturing somebody shouldn't be the cost of somebody else's life. That's my opinion. Like you said, handling crisis. If you're going in to capture somebody, my dad, bro, let's point up. If you really wanted wanted to and and not have any life loss, you could really just wait. They have to come out the crib at some point. You could have sat out there, staked out, whatever it may be. Had your police force out there waiting for them to come out the crib, cut out their electricity, cut their gas. They're going to run out of food. Power, they have son. the power to do no, all that stuff. Son. But instead, you want, you want to barge in, think you SWAT team, yeah. think you 007, yep. guns blazing, open fire. open fire on people. Yo, people really- And kill somebody that had nothing to do with nothing. So- yeah, man. And you put, you put, what was it, like 12 bullets? Seven, you put- 10 bullets in there. And so somebody that works for the state. Yeah, that works, works for, for the y'all, state. Works, works for, for y'all. y'all. You put 10 bullets in there. Because you wanted to catch up. Uh, you make it make sense to me because I can't make it make sense. I can't make it make Don't ask me. I don't work for them. <laughs> and then, like, at the end, it's like a... This whole thing is like a slap in the face with the attorney general just kind of being so nonchalant, yeah, whatever, no, whatever. No, no. And then the one thing that really, really bothered me, really just... It really just rubbed me the wrong way, right? 
They're asking President Trump about the Brianna Taylor situation. Of course. He goes, I don't know enough about the situation. Come on, yeah, yeah. So I'm like, hold up, hold up, hold up, bro. Hold up, hold up, hold up, hold up. <laughs> you got thing. enough time to tweet at LeBron, tweet at the NBA, tweet at Kaepernick, tweet at Don Lemon, tweet at all the people that are talking about you all over the place, tweeting about Joe Biden. You all, you all over Twitter. You all over everything. You mean to tell me you ain't see shit about this case ever? You just had this attorney general speak at your Republican National Convention, and y'all didn't talk about it at all? <laughs> Give me a break. It's like a slap in the face. He had enough information to know to send you know, the National Guard to Chicago right. and send, you know, the National Guard to Oregon to, you know, stop the protesting, but you didn't know enough about the actual case that started. Come on, anything. man. Come on now. It's, 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 it's just a whole slap now, in the face. And, and then people people <laughs> people want to wonder why black we people mad. say he don't give a fuck about us. Look at what he just said. I don't know enough about the situation. Bro, if you're the president of this country and you see shit that's going on, you should take it upon yourself to, to look into what the fuck is going on in your country. All you were saying was, I don't I don't give a fuck about it, pretty much. That's, that's all that's all you were saying to me. That's a Fendi. Like, yo, at the end but, of the but 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 you have enough. You have to, who's the, who's the, the kid that crossed the borders to go shoot the people at the oh Kyle Rittenhouse? Oh no, all about him. But when it's a, when it's a black woman that that gets gunned down, you oh I don't I don't know enough about the situation to comment. Man, like this this is really gonna bring me to the next topic. I I, I want to talk about as well. Um, it's obviously a controversial topic. I know Toby has his thoughts. I know you probably have your thoughts about it. Um, but first, I want to get to the Faces the Future song of the day. Um, what's the, what's the, what's the guy's name again? Just break it so, down. It's a new guy. I know people like '90s R&B vibes. His name is Devin Morrison. Um, he's someone that I, I picked up like a couple months ago. Um, he has a great album called um, it's called Bussin. Um, but the song that I'm about to play is called um, Be Right. It's some chill vibes. So yeah, hope you guys enjoy.
be all right. Um, like I said, straight '90s R and B vibes. He's an up and coming artist. He's still in the underground. He did a um, what's it called? How'd you come across his music, bro? I don't even remember. Like, I was just listening to some music. So I was trying to find new R and B music to listen to, um, and I just found his music. And I was like, yeah, nah, he's tough. And so, yeah, he did a um, he did a. I don't know if people listen to like Apple Apple Radio, but he did an episode on um Soul Election a selection or whatever it's called. Yeah, um, the selection radio. It was like he did like episode four fifteen. It it was tough. So. He's real, real tough. All right, so this brings me into the topic that um I was going into, in regards to, in regards to black women not being, I guess, valued in society. And I know I you Moose, you've had you've had plenty of conversations on the net about this on Twitter. Um, <laughs> so I want to hear your thoughts, not on necessarily the Breonna Taylor situation, because I feel like we're all in the same. We all have the same thoughts about that in in the in the in the thought process of we believe um charges have been brought to that situation. Mm-hmm. And in that situation, the black woman is I feel like devalued. If it was any other woman of any other race, I feel as though charges would have been brought. That's my personal opinion. I don't know if you guys feel that way. If you guys have similar thoughts. I, I think charges should have been brought again. Exactly. Yeah. At least manslaughter. At least. At least some, yeah. I feel like something would have brought Maybe not convicted, but some type of charge has been brought. At least went to court. Yeah. I feel as though. So in that thought, in that specific topic that we just got off of, I feel as though we all agree similarly on there's not too much debate. Yeah. But into the next topic, which is Tory Lanez and Meg Thee Stallion, I feel like this situation... Is annoying? It's annoying. It's annoying for sure. Childish? Triggering? I'm not. I'm not gonna call it childish. It's, childish. it's triggering for me for sure, but somebody was shot. Somebody was shot, but not not even not even the the, the, the actual, <laughs> not the actual details of the conversation. You feel me? Not the actual details of what happened. Yeah. It's more so. Cause I got into a debate about this other day with somebody. Yeah. About believing people a hundred percent when they tell you a story, <laughs> rather than rather than hearing both sides before actually before actually making judgment on something. Mm-hmm. So. Based on this situation, do you feel as though Meg Thee Stallion's, since she was the first person to speak on it, her her comments, her ideologies of, and her thoughts of what went on in the situation is law and and that's all we should believe? Or do you believe that Tory Lane should have an opportunity to speak on the situation as well before you make a full judgment? You want to I mean, go first? I mean, I think Tory should have his, I mean, they should both have their right to say whatever, however shit went down because the two sides of every story. But... Will we ever know the real side? No. Somebody was clearly shot. Something happened. Something went wrong, right? I think that's the obvious, right? The details behind that is now he said, she said. It's he said, she said. Somebody was shot. Somebody did something to provoke somebody to either shoot them or somebody was in a feelings that they can't control and shot somebody, which is what I think happened. I think somebody got in a bag, in their feelings, and wild out because... That's what they known for, which is wilding out. Personally, that's just me. Nevertheless, somebody was shot. What if she would have died? What if she would have butt out and died? Then what? Then what? Then what, bro? How, so I don't. I don't know. It's now. It's a he said she said. It's are you on Tory side or are you on Meg side? Which I think is told is bullshit. But that's where we are with the situation now. Go ahead, Toby, or go ahead, Mills. Before Toby gets his thing, <laughs> what you said is right. It's, it's now. It's a he says he said thing. 
But my what I didn't like, and we talked about this in, on, on on the previous previous podcast episode when this first happened. Um, we were saying if this situation is the way Meg said it is, of course Tori's a sucker for the situation. You feel me? We don't we don't condone it. Like, why are you doing that? Why are you wilding out? That's what thing. If you need help, get help. Whatever it is. Yeah. But I think we also said and alluded to like we have to hear his side. Like him being silent doesn't help yeah. the situation. I think we said that him not saying nothing helps doesn't help his case, but. At the end of the day, we always say you he should deserve his day in court as well too. Yeah. You feel me? Yeah. But Twitter, social media, the media, people in general, through conversations we had, they just put him on the cross, crucified him yeah, out here, and nothing else. And we probably played a little bit part in it. You feel me? Just off of also the, the initial facts we had, because we had nothing else to base Ooh. it off of. Who <laughs> speak for yourself? Let me just say. Let me ask. 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 I'm speaking. I'm speaking just based on the like conversations I know I was in with him in in in, in group chats. You feel me? Like people, yeah. we only based our information off of what we had at the moment, and people were I, I'm honestly saying we need to hear his side too. But then on the same same sentence, other people saying. Like, why, why do you need to hear Why don't you just believe the woman? Da, da, da. Why don't you just believe her? Why don't you believe everything she said? Hold, yeah. hold on, hold on. Let me, let me just ask. Let me just ask. How many people were in the car? Four people were in the car. Four people were in the car. Whose gun was it? We don't know. Whose gun was it? We don't know. Okay. No, okay. wait, wait. Cause... There's two men in the car. Okay. Right? Meg and her friend. Mm-hmm. She, Meg gets shot. It wasn't by her friend. It had to be Tori or his man's, correct? Not necessarily. No. Who could it have been? See, and this See? is no wait. Did I I'm, know, no, no, I'm wait, asking. Wait, I'm asking me, y'all the question. No, wait, Shannon. Let me break. I'm asking y'all. I'm asking. Who could it have been? It could have been her. She shot herself in the feet. Yes. That's what you think. It's a possible. I'm not saying that's the truth. <laughs> no. All right. No. I was just asking y'all the question because I'm trying to use it's Elimination process here no, so that right. we can figure it out. No, you're right. Okay. I'm about to break this down. It's All right. to be story time. Let's talk about it. Mills texted me and he was like, yo, like, do you believe this? And th- these types of situations are the reason why no girl can ever come at me sideways about believing women 100%. So, shout out. Okay, Toby. Shout out. You lost your mind if you think any female believes a man 100% either, but that's neither here nor there. So, so shout out to, you know, all my friends, you know, who are listening to the podcast and, you know, all my friends who are closely related to me or who know this situation I'm about to explain, right? So, there are some people that, you know, we, that my dad, my, my mom, my dad are good people, right? And so, as a result, my parents do help out a lot of people, you know, they've had a very, very successful marriage, you know, and a lot of times people kind of come to them for advice because, you know, they're, they're a little bit older. So, I had a family friend. Going through marital problems, divorce. Woman wants a divorce. Mm-hmm. I'll yeah. So the the wife wants a divorce, arguing all this nonsense. They have a kid at home, all that. So this is where this is this particular story is why I say this stuff all the time. I'm chilling in my room. Say what stuff? What do you mean? I'm like I'm never gonna believe anything 100. percent Okay, anything from anybody, man yeah, or woman, man or woman. Okay. So here I am chilling in my room. Right, it's late. I'm listening to music, whatever. I hear somebody coming through my unlock my door, coming through my basement door. I think I thought it was my brother. Nah, I hear footsteps run up the stairs. I'm like, what the hell? So here I am at the time, like, you know, I grab my knife, like, yo, someone break into my crib. Like, right. so I go up, and next thing you know, my dad, my dad's like, yo, who's that? Da, 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 da. And then the guy was like, the husband was like, yo, so and so. He was like, yo, what's going on? He's like, 
my wife called the police on me. He's like, why? And he's like, oh, she's being crazy again. Da 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 da. So they go to the they go to the house. My dad my dad himself walks over to the house. He's like, yo, um, what's going on? They have a guest in the house. Son's in the house. That's just for reference. Oh, so and so. I'm gonna call the police on him. He, he, I'm gonna deal with him. Da 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 da. I'm gonna do this because you know I hate him. All this stuff. And he's like. Yo, why would you call the police on me? She's like, oh, if you come into the house, I'm calling the police on you, and I'm going to tell them that you're doing all this, this, and this, and this. He's like, can we just talk to 7-3? He comes into the house. Lie to you not. She goes to the phone, picks up the phone, and calls 911. Hello? My husband is beating on me. Da, 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 da. He's doing this. He's trying to kill me. Okay, yeah, yeah that happens. That happens. Yeah. 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 And so my thing is that my dad is looking at her like, yo, what are you doing? Like, yeah. he's really looking at her like, what are you doing? The guest is up. What are you doing? Police come. I hear the police sounds. I'm like, all right, this is some bullshit. So she goes, oh, would you like to file a report? Yes. She goes to the police station to file a report, bro. The other police officer stays there, and he's like, yo, like, what happened? It's like, nothing happened. Like, talk to everybody. He's like, yo, between you and me, you need to cut your losses, get a divorce, this, that, and the third. Eventually, they got a divorce. She asked for a bunch of crazy stuff. I'm not even going to get into that because that's the off-the-record stuff because that was disgusting what I saw. Mm-hmm. So... Me seeing that, me just even me being in an experience of that situation and hearing that situation, even seeing what I saw from that, and just knowing the type that particular woman, it's like you're not gonna tell me that I'm just gonna believe every single thing somebody says, one hundred percent, right? My second thing is that I was explaining to Miles, I watched a video about two people about sharing like them sharing their story about them having sex with each other, a guy and a girl. They told two completely different stories of what happened, right? And when it came together and they talked to each other about everything, they put the pieces together about what actually kind of happened. And so where my problem comes in with the concept of, you know, just believing all women or just believing everything at face value, my problem is that even with situations like this, you don't even remember what happened 100%. So how do I expect to believe you 100%? You're saying Mag doesn't... Remember what happened, or Tori yeah, doesn't remember because yeah, they're both. It's like that one. They're both so that, and that goes to my point. Yeah, up. they're both drunk. Mm-hmm. Something happened, right. and now next thing you know, you just expect both of them, including Megan's friends, to just remember what happened. Correct. And so for me, it's like I'm not saying that Meg isn't a victim. That's not what I'm saying. But what I'm saying is that for us to just assume, right? Tory Lanes shot her, right, and he shot her in the foot. And both of them, both of them, mm-hmm. no bones were shot. No ligaments were shot. You just expect me 100% to just believe that straight up. To me, it doesn't add up because it's like, how do you shoot somebody in the foot? Even the way that they're saying that, it's, that she got shot, it's still not adding up to me. You know what I mean? So what do you think happened? You think she shot herself? I don't. That's the thing. So what I do you, don't so I don't, I'm, I'm trying to understand my what thing, you mean about the, the shooting and the placement of the shit. What, what does that have point, to do with no, Because my point is that when you're looking at all the details, there could be 30 different things that happen. And going back to the law example, right? People, when they hire ballistic experts, mm-hmm. they hire ballistic experts that will sit here and confirm your story. Mm-hmm. Not necessarily say, okay, this is what happened. They'll say, okay, this is what could have happened, and this is the possibility. Okay, could it be possible that Tory Lane shot Meg and no ligaments could be broken? Yeah, that's could a possibility. Be possible. You get what I'm saying? It's not, that is definite. Yeah. You know what I mean? So it's like, you can't tell me that I'm going to believe all of that 100% when even if a ballistic es- expert was to be sat down and explain that to me, he would say it's a possibility. So it's like, why I'm saying that is, 
we don't know how it happened. For all we know, Meg could have shot herself. She could have had her legs crossed together. She could have wild out, took the gun and shot both both her ligament, both her um both her feet. We don't know that. And that's why like I'm mad about the situation because it's like what happens a lot of times is that it goes back to what I'm saying. People judge people judge people based off of their character and their intention mm-hmm. rather People base people off their character rather than their intention. People like Meg, she seems like she has a good character. She seems like she doesn't do anything wrong. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So if she's going off to Instagram, like she did last time with Jay Prince and everybody like that, like the same thing she did with g Easy and all the other things that she gets involved with, it doesn't seem like she would be wrong. She seems like she has good integrity. But we don't know her intention of why she's going to the internet to explain that. For all we know, she could have been doing this, so that's how, if the facts came out that, hypothetically speaking, not saying this happened, that she really did shoot herself, it's not going to be as bad. Because, oh, she was drunk, it doesn't matter. You know what I mean? And I think it's also easy to to believe that Tori shot her because Tori be out here wilding out. So that's 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 not a hard thing to be like, oh, they was in the car, Meg got shot, Tori be wilding, Tori shot her. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? That's so that's, that's not that's not that's not hard for people to, to hop on to either. Yeah, and that's just based off his rep that he that he's like, built for like himself. You said, like you said, based off of his character. Like that's based off that's based off his rep for sure. But like I said, like when when it comes down to one person making a statement and that becoming law, I don't like how that happens. You feel me? Yeah. Like and also like not bring that back to the my initial question about how that was another like gaslighting situation for um, women to say that we don't care care about them specifically. I'll, I'll say so we back with because that that caused another divide, another conversation that I've seen in a lot of circles. And then like when Tori dropped his project, they're like, "Oh, you you imbeciles, whatever it may be, or listening to his project." That whatever it may be. I haven't listened to it all. I listened to a couple records, but it's like people have the right to listen to it to see if that's his way of expressing how he wants to tell his side of the story cool whatever it may be but i feel like he should still have a right to say what he has to say whether you believe it or not that's on you to believe it or not or take it as, but for you to only listen to one side of the story and make that the end it's like nah that's not logical but that's like going into court right and only allowing the defense defense to say their side of the story and you not hear anything else all right that's the end of this defense said this is what happened this is all it's going to be Boom! We're not gonna hear this prosecution side, whatever it may be, and that's how we're gonna make the that's how the jury's gonna make the decision. It don't work like that. No, it, doesn't. it don't work like that at all. So it's like when I when I when I go back to like previous conversations that we had, like I just said earlier, um, maybe I was even wrong for thinking, oh, uh, this has not this has to be, but oh, she's probably right, but we still have to hear. It's like nah, like let's hear both sides of the story. And I can stand on that and say like. Correct. Like we we should be able to hear both sides of the story. We're making a full judgment. You can have you can have your you can have your judgment. Don't get me wrong. You can have your judgment based on the information you have, but that can't be the end all be all. Exactly. You feel me? You have to still allow the other the opposing party, whoever it be, to plead their case, and then all right, you you still might not believe them, but it's like all right, they said what they had to say. I don't believe it. Exactly. Cool. I heard both sides. Yeah. That's that's how I that's how I feel. And then, like I said, when I got to that conversation about people saying you should always be, you should always like it was you should always, always. believe. And that's not the first person that said it to believe me. Multiple what? multiple people have said that you should always believe women in this in this situation. No, why? I mean, why? No. It, it it. I understand what you think because when you saw her the first video she did when she was talking about it, she was crying and she was clearly upset. So it makes you kind of sympathize with her and say, like, oh, no. this did really happen no. to her. Hold on, I'm just saying. No. I'm just saying. It makes people think, oh, well, this did really happen to her because who's going to get on here and lie and cry about being shot, right? 
That's why people think that way. Yeah, people think that, but I bring up a prime example, bro. Sean Oakman, bro. Sean, I, Sean, I Sean Oakman, bro. A girl did the same thing. She got yeah, on stage crying, rooting for all of them, cried. This person did me. Oh, society, we're going to believe this person. They, Why would they lie and make up such a traumatizing story about this mm-hmm. situation? Come to find out years later after Sean Oakman lost bread, yeah. didn't get drafted, lost, ruined his career, yeah. ruined his life. Oh, I lied because I was mad about something. I've had I've had personal friends that I was in school I with, went have. to college with, played ball with, whatever it may be, lost their careers or had to leave he the schools because a girl was mad they was messing with another chick, so they lied and say, "Oh, this happened." Yeah. And then videos come out say, "Oh, yeah, I just I just did this because I was mad at him. I just want to get back at him." Whatever it may be. Now he it happens. It happens. It happens all the time. So when people tell me, believe to believe, always, always believe the woman. Know. It's like. Nah, I'll take in consideration wholeheartedly what they say and do the proper investigation about, all right, you're telling me this, all right, we should go do the proper steps to make sure, mm-hmm. to see what your story, to, to, to validate what you're saying. Because at the end of the day, two there's two sides to everything, bro. And it's like, not saying that, not saying that Meg's lying in this situation, not saying that women lie, but it's just like, bro, for you to, for people to boldly say, you should always believe this person, this side or this side, it's like... Nah, bro. Because and if that's how people make their judgments on situations, yeah. it's like, all right, maybe, yeah. maybe, maybe I should. Is this how you operate? Like, oh, just because someone tells you this based on, like you said, they're entitled. Because when you go back to the lawyer conversation, you're saying, oh, I'm gonna make sure this pocket's full. I'm gonna tell you what you want to hear. It's it's no different than that. And to it's add like, to add on to that, right? Like, for me, even if something, even if let's even say, for example, like I'm the type of person. Okay, give me the information. Even if the person does give me the information. The truth's going to come out, and for me, what ends up happening is that I know I have a good moral compass. So at the end of the day, like, let's even say, like, because the court the court trial's coming up, so whatever happens at this point, we're going to know what happens. So if, let's even say, oh, Tori does admit that he shot her, okay, he admitted that he shot her. At the end of the day, my moral compass, now go, my moral compass is going to be, yo, F Megan, she's still lying, this, that, and the third. No, it's going to be, no, Tori. You're corny for that. You shot a girl yes. for what reason? Exactly. You know what I'm saying? Right. So it's like, no matter what the situation is, unless there's new evidence that's going to make me prove otherwise, yeah, he's corny. For Fair. right now, the situation is this. From what I personally saw from both videos that Meg put out, the nonsense that Tori put out, because the album was not that good. I'm going to keep it a stack with you. Yeah, I it really, to, it I was not I that, to the whole It genre. wasn't that good for, people to, be, for people to be mad about. Like, it was like... Let's be honest, Tory pe- like Tory Tory peaked like Chicks Tape Three, but we're not even gonna talk about that. <laughs> but we like, <laughs> I'm not, I mean, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not getting to debate about his music, but continue, continue, but continue, continue, continue. We're not here to debate music. Continue, continue. But continue, what continue. I'm saying is that if the situation ends up coming out, like from what I know, is it doesn't seem like Meg knows 100 percent what happened, and my situation, and my thing is that even if she didn't. The best friend still would have said something, and my thing is that if she didn't what, if Meg didn't remember, the best friend would have said something. Said something about what? About what happened in the car. Do you think so, really? Why wouldn't she? Unless she, unless she was sleeping and she was blacked out, then she, she, she that's she, she had to be lit up too. She, she, she had to be lit up too. So, so the best friend came with her to the party, right? To the function. That's that's whoever they had a little kickback. It from from what from what both the friend was there lit with them as well. So if Tori lit, Meg lit. What makes you think the friend not lit too? You that river. Drive nowhere. You got the security there driving you. So I'm pretty sure all of them were were. I'm not gonna say incoherent, but they were both probably all of them probably pretty lit. 
that's you that's know, my them celebrities they 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 do that hard yeah. shit. They do them drugs and shit. You know what I'm saying? So that's a good point. And, and you the and you the best friend. And here's the thing. I feel like in 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 that kind of situations like. They looking at you weird, like you up to no good if you around them and you not doing that kind of shit. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. So like, it's kind of either, either get with us or get the fuck out of here. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, because my thing is that I listened to the album. I'll be honest, like I said, it wasn't that good. But when I listened to the content, it seemed like him and him and Meg's friend had a had a secret relationship. He had a relationship with Meg as well. So that's why. I, so that's why all my questions come out is like, okay, so what really happened? Because if she was really that incoherent for her to not remember anything as well, like if nobody can remember anything in the car, including, including the security guard, then there's a problem. Yes. And my thing is that there's no way that there's four people in the car. And nobody a gun, knows. A gun goes off and nobody knows and nobody's saying anything. Somebody lying about something. And that's what I'm saying. Sounds because sketchy. That's what I'm saying. Because my, my hypothesis to think about this whole thing is if Meg, if nothing happened between Tori and Meg's best friend, Meg's best friend should be able to tell Meg what happened one hundred percent without any hassle. The security exactly. guard will be able to say something without any hassle because exactly. that's his job. Yep. So my thing is that if nobody has said anything up until this point, and the way Meg was talking about you shot me, you shot me, it doesn't sound like you remember what happened. And we've seen how Meg gets drunk. She was randomly drunk. Now next, you know, she kissing G Easy. You know what I'm saying? She's drunk. We've seen her with. Trey songs, hella drunk. You get what I'm saying? So it's like, you're telling me now that a girl who was, before she was even famous, was in college, who still can drink like a college girl, now all of a sudden got drunk, and now all of a sudden she remembers every single thing that happened. I've seen college sorority girls get drunk, and you mean to tell me they can't, sometimes they can't recollect anything that happened to them. And that's scary. And so my thing is that when you're telling me this, all these people, you mean to tell me all these people can get drunk like this, and not one person can tell me what 100% happened and y'all drove all the way back to Meg's house without anything happening to y'all? And even with that, it's like, how does that situation happen and then Meg gets back in the car if Tori was angry at Meg? It's a fact. Or like, vice versa, either way. Yeah, like, all of this stuff isn't added up. When you actually sit down and think about it, you're mad at Tori, Tori's mad at you, but you get back in the car, he drives you to the hospital. We'll never know. And that's the questions that, that you ask. So, 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 based off of because you you listened to the project, you heard you heard you heard Meg's piece. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Based off of both sides, what's the conclusion that you probably because what's the conclusion that you can potentially draw that that went down that day, based People, on what you heard? From what I heard, it just seemed to it not just, even just based on what you heard. What you concluded based on what, what you listened what Toby, to? What Toby personally concluded was that it seemed to me that Meg got upset, a gun went off. I don't know who shot the gun. It could be Tory because, yeah, it could be Tory. It may not be Tory's. I'm leaning that it is Tory's. My conclusion is that she had a relationship with Meg and Meg's friend. And he, Kylie, from what I yeah, heard and he, I guess he was flirting with Kylie from that yeah. from that Instagram story that I saw. Yeah, he looked like he wanted he looked like he wanted Kylie. So my so it goes back to that. They all got upset. Things started coming out in the car, and the next thing you know, someone gets upset. A gun goes off. My thing is that. I don't think Tory wants to say anything based off what I'm concluding is because the gun is his and the gun's illegal and he can't have an illegal firearm and he's not even a U.S. citizen. And that creates bigger so problems for him. So you say you think, you think the gun is his? I think the gun is his, but I don't think he shot it. I just think he had the gun in the car. 
I just think that someone was wilding. Something happened. Somebody grabbed the gun. Yeah, I don't know who grabbed it. I'm not saying Meg shot herself, but I'm saying a gun was grabbed. Somebody did. Yeah, something. she was shot. Somebody was yeah. shot twice. And Meg is a victim in the fact that she got shot. Nobody is denying that. But what we're saying is that we don't know who the shooter is. We don't know who the shooter is, so we can't just jump to conclusion and say it's Tory because it's Tory's gun. We know, like, from what I can conclude and from what I'm just assuming, it's Def Tory's gun. Like, yeah, it's definitely that. his shit. If it's his whip, it only makes sense, right? Yeah, but but that's why I said like it does like it kind of seems off that nobody knows what happened because normally by now more stories would have came out, more people would have been like, oh, this is the situation that happened. Like people would have been talking, but nobody is saying anything. And Meg and Tori are the only two people have said something. Yeah. The security guard and Meg's best friend haven't said something. And it doesn't make sense to me that if you two are both that angry at each other, it wouldn't make sense that Tori would be mad, that mad at you to shoot you and then say, get back in his car and drive you to the hospital. Because if Tori wilds the way that he does, from what we've known, Tori would have been like, oh yeah, I'm going to shoot you in your leg and dip. Yeah. So it logically doesn't make sense. That's why I'm saying like, to all the people, to all the lady listeners, I'm saying this because... It doesn't add up because of what we see. And this goes back to what we're talking about, like character. If your character will already originally show us that you don't have enough compassion, even if that is your girl or whatever, to drive her to to drive her to the hospital even when you're mad, I'm not gonna think that I'm not gonna think that unless something is off. Because there's no way that you're gonna switch to being belligerently angry and then just having random compassion while you're drunk like that. It doesn't add up. Like, and that's why Going back to this whole thing on Twitter, it it doesn't add up that you want us to just assume one hundred percent that Tory shot her. For all we know, they both could have had their hands on the gun, and or or neither one of them could have played a part in being a shooter. Yeah, we don't know. Or what could have happened? She could have been kicking, the gun fell out, boom. You could have yeah. the gun could have fell and could have been a straight bullet. We don't know. We don't have the ballistic support on the car. We don't have the ballistic support on what happened wherever she says she got shot. We don't even know what happened in the car. You get what I'm saying? Yeah. Oh, there's so, so many different questions. So based on the picture, I'm, I'm I was a little confused. I seen like a bunch of um, rhetoric and, and dialogue about her being the shot shot in the foot, but like no bones being fractured, broken ligaments being touched. So do you think she just got grazed? Do you think she was like full? I think on? she got grazed. That's what okay. I'm saying. Like nothing, like something is not adding up to me. Like, and like I said, we're making clear she's definitely a victim because she got yeah. she got shot. It's just. So it's just a matter. It's just the, the the statement that that's been made saying that we have to always believe one party over the other is just absurd to me. That's just that's just my personal opinion, based off of experiences that I've seen personally, um, seen in the media of how people's lives get messed up that way. And I just got to make that clear as day that no matter what your thoughts are in regards to a situation. Everybody deserves their day in court. Yeah, and and I and I don't even mean that in physically being in the court of law. I'm saying whether it's a big situation or a small situation, you got to if there's more than one person involved, you have to allow all parties to say their piece until you make a full conclusion. If the other party decides not to say their piece, and that's on them, then you can draw the conclusion. But until then, like as a people, I think it's only right that you allow everybody to speak their truth or what they think is to be the truth. Yeah. And then that way you can make a full on educated decision of what actually occurred, what happened, who was right, who was wrong, whatever it may be. And I feel like we lost that. Like you said, we when you were on here before, um Toby, we that group think 
thing that we discussed wholeheartedly about people say one thing and they just run with it and it just blows up. It's like, all right, that's that's the gospel. And people just just run with it. Yeah. And then because it becomes the gospel, when the opposing side says something, you get crucified. And that's in any situation. I'm, and this is just an example. Like, this specific situation you're speaking on is an example. But we're, I'm speaking on generally any any to- topic. You feel me? And it's like, I feel like that has to change. Yeah. That has to change. And, and, and especially when people get mad when you say, oh, you, both sides deserve it, whether they're right or wrong. They, they, they don't. I'm like... Bro, you don't make no sense. Yeah. That's like, what if you were on the opposite end of that stick and you're like, I want to say, I want to say my truth. This is what really happened. People are like, nah, this is what happened. Da da da, and, and, and you're wrong. I don't want to hear nothing you're saying. You feel some That's type of way. Yeah, it's a problem. If you want me to be, if you want me to be honest with how the internet works, the internet, the internet makes things appear the way that they're not. Like going back to the conversation that you were explaining about, like you know, do we protect black women, right? You know, like do. Are black women really protected? You know, do we really care about black women? Like, you have to really think about, like, where is that coming from? We see certain things happen on the internet, um, or things being said, and it's like, oh, black women are not protected, you know? Um, rest in peace to Oluwatoyin, um, Salu, but it's like situations like that, like, oh, black men don't protect black women. But it's like, because we see these situations, like, it still doesn't, like, I'm gonna just be honest, like, it doesn't protect, like, it doesn't show that in the numbers. When we say, okay, oh, Men, black men don't protect black women. But what do you define as protect? Because if you're talking about protecting for violence in interrelation in in um in interracial relationships, um not 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 like black and white, but intraracial relationships, the domestic violence for black men and black women are near identical. You know what I'm saying? So it's like who's not protecting who? You know what I mean? When we talk about um when we talk about protecting young black girls. What about the young black boys as well that, you know, get sexually advanced by young women at a higher rate than young black girls do from black men? You know what I mean? And when we talk about these different statistics that are out here, when we talk about the fact of like, okay, oh, black, it's hard for a black woman to get a job than a black man, but we see the statistics where black men are statistically are statistically at a disadvantage to get a job because we're perceived more as violent or more aggressive and more, um, I guess, in, I, I forgot the word. It has to do. It has to do with something sexually. We can't sit here and continue to have these notions and narratives on the internet, but the numbers are showing you otherwise. Because now, if we're talking about protect black women, black women are protected. That's not necessarily being stated in facts. You know what I mean? Especially when we talk about even going back to the core of like black men still get killed at almost as three times at a rate than black women do. And this isn't saying that black women deserve to get killed. But what I'm saying is that when we talk about this concept of, oh, we're not protecting black women, it's like, don't take this the wrong way to the listeners, but it's like black women are not even a thought when it comes to, you know, putting people at disadvantage before black men. Like, and that's the thing that we have to actually genuinely sit down and process because what's going on is, and this has been, this is me and my philosophy now, like, we're not doing enough for black men, like, we're having this whole campaign about, yes, black women, we understand the concept that y'all go through sexually, things of that nature, but what is going on with little black boys? What is going on with black teenagers? What about the, what about the school, the prison pipeline system for primarily black men that nobody's talking about? But it's, we're not protecting black women, or we don't care enough about black women, but you don't talk about your rapey, your rapey black aunt that was touching your cousin when, you know, he was young. You know what I mean? And you kind of... and. That's where I get upset because we talk about this concept of protect, 
But when it comes to holding the black woman accountable for what they're doing to black men, it's, oh, you twist it in a way that kind of makes it seem like we're justifying it. Like, oh, black men don't even know that um, they're being raped and there's, they, they, assume, they assume it's okay and that's not okay. But it's like, who says that they're assuming that? Who says that they're assuming that me being six years old, I'm assuming that, oh, a, a 14, 15-year-old girl touching me is okay. That's just something that you're coming up for Twitter for likes. And that's why I said groupthink is a problem because when those narratives come around, it just becomes the automatic norm. And then now I got to go to a Rutgers um, general body meeting and hear people repeat that rhetoric and there's no information behind it. So my thing is to all our listeners, both men and women, black, white, whatever race, make sure if you're going to talk about this concept of talking about um, protection for, you know, whatever, one, make sure that it's if you're talking about protection for your women of your race, make sure it's not just rooted in white feminism, because one of the main things for the African-Americans and black feminism, they root a lot of their feminism through white feminism. And white feminism is not black feminism. And that is a fact. And Explain that. Because that's, that's, that's a big statement, you feel me? What the, the, like, the topic we're going on right now, and what, what's your, in terms of your philosophy, that's, that's a, a big statement. So ex- explain what you mean by that. So from what I'm still conducting research on, um, I've noticed that a lot of black feminism roots is rooted in primarily, okay, I'll start it like this. Most, in a lot of cases, when it comes to um, black oppression, it seems to be, or at least the black struggle, there always seems to, there always seems a need to have an oppressor. You know mm. what I mean? Mm. And so from what I've realized is that the way that everything's moving now, it kind of seems that we're indirectly just making black men the oppressor, the oppressor. for black yeah just for just for the black for the black race without there being 100% grounded information in that mm. and so it's like when we look at it we look at black feminists famous black feminists i can't name any off the top of my head right now what ends up happening is that we try to cite their source of where it's coming from but they're always source their, their source is always coming from white feminists so now what ends up happening is that how do you sit here and use white feminists' ideals for what they're dealing with as a basis for the struggle of African-Americans because they're dealing with two different struggles. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It's like the concept of like people saying that, oh, black men are black men are just like um, white men. But it's like, you say that, but I don't think em- I don't think Emmett Till would agree with that. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? I don't think George Facts. Floyd or Ahmaud Arbery would agree with that. So it's like, when you think about those types of things that you're saying, with, like to all my, you know, to all my lady followers who are black feminists, you have to really think about where you're getting your sources from. What is really going on? If we want to just talk about patriarchy at its whole, let's go ahead. I agree that to an, to, to an extent, if you take race out the picture, yes, men do have an advantage. But for us to now sit here and say black men just have an advantage and they're the reason why we are at the way that we're at, then you have to understand why are we here. Is it because we're keeping us here? Because if we're keeping us here, that would assume that we're all lazy. But what would enforce our laziness? What would enforce us not being motivated? Wouldn't that mean that someone else would be oppressing us? You know what I mean? And it's like you have to think about those things. And that's why I say like just the whole concept of it is like us here, we all love black women. Like I love black women. I date a black woman. My mom is black, all that. You know what I mean? So it's like for for a lot of black women to say that, oh, black men don't love us. Y'all don't care about us. Go do a prank right now. A random prank. Go Go tell your dad that a man put his hands on you. 
and see how he reacts. I guarantee you he's not just going to be like, oh, okay, that's fine. No. He's going to draw his own conclusions, and he's also going to go and get up and do something. So my thing I, is... I can agree with that. I can agree, I can agree with that. So I can agree like, with that. You say that, and you believe this on the internet, but then in real life, that's not really the case. You know what I mean? So it's like, to, to everybody, like, I, I'm, I'm, I'm sorry to make this like a whole, like... Nah, this is this is good content. This is good content. It's just like yo, like come on now, like don't don't be Al Capone's for the gram, like don't be Capstar's for the gram, like it's it's like I get it, it's it's cool, it's cool to you know be able to speak about things and connect with people, but a lot of people project their trauma onto other people and they move that as a fact. Yeah, me me and Shan touched on that lightly with the whole social dilemma thing, how people try to speak. I think I I mentioned to you too, yeah, how how certain people. They they try to talk about certain situations just to be in the conversation to, to to push a certain agenda, but don't really know what they're talking about. Yeah, and, and and it happens a lot, but I mean, that's something that has to change, has to work on. You feel me? That 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 needs to develop in a positive way, because I hate to see it. I don't like it. I, I express to you all the time. I express to you all the time. I hate when I see people do stuff like that. It's like nonsense. We know how you what you really think about certain situations. We know that you're really not knowledgeable about this or that, but yeah. you're really just doing this to to fit. <laughs> to, big cat fit an image, but I mean we we talked we discussed a lot today. You feel me? We discussed a lot. Um, it's episode forty, um, last episode of season four. You feel me? Wow. It's a, it's wow. crazy. We already end of season four. Split. It's it's crazy. Split. We 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 moving we moving forward and a lot of new things ahead for the pod. You feel me? Um, like I said, we appreciate all the listeners. We've have we had over three or four thousand streams on the podcast. So. A year and a half in, in. so you know what I'm saying over like I said three or four thousand listeners um, on the pod. Um, like I said, we're, we're we're continuing to evolve the podcast. We have some things in store for the next season and seasons to come that 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 will be very rewarding for the listener, the viewer. You feel me? We're just excited. And I know I know the people they like when Toby comes on. So Moose, you have to start coming on a little bit more if you want to. You feel <laughs> I got me? you. I got you. Feel you feel me? Because. You always have interesting takes when it comes to certain topics like this. Like today, prime example. You feel me? Like we, everybody might not always see eye to eye, but I'm saying we 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 speak our truth. We bring a different narrative. We, we, we agree with each other a lot. You feel me? And not necessarily we don't agree with you on certain things. Yeah, or certain things where you saying. say not like we don't disagree. Yeah, no. Nah. Most of the times, you know, we kind of if we kind of try to get on the same page with each other. Yeah, we understand it. We understand each other. But like when you bring a different a different point of view, you feel me? Yeah. A more, I'll say. We're pretty straightforward, but you're very blunt, and you don't really. We, I'll say we we sugarcoat it a little bit to the listener, but you you give it to them even even oh, more raw. We, that's how I grew up. Yeah, no, nah, facts. <laughs> like we exactly we grew up the same way. Of course, yeah. you've been around us, but it's like it brings a different dynamic, and we like it. Everybody likes it. You feel me? And I feel like the flow of the pod goes well and all that stuff. So, I mean, like I said, the end of season four, it's, it's been a pleasure to do four seasons. Yeah, man. That's a fact. It's crazy, bro. It's, it's going by fast. And yeah, I mean, because it's like... All of our listeners are taking this journey with us, bro. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, we literally started from the beginning, and you can go to our first episode in our first season to our second season and our third and see just how much everything has just grown. That's a fact. And kicking up, you know, from the way we sound to the way we talk. Everything. The only thing that's been consistent is the intros, yeah. pretty much. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. Yeah, so. the intros. But I mean, 
You got any more? You got anything else to say, Moose, in terms of the pod? This episode, season, whatever it may be. Nah, shout outs, just, anybody? Yeah, nah. Shout outs to shout outs to the first time listeners. Shout outs to the last time listeners. <laughs> <laughs> this book. No, not for real. Shout outs to everybody that's you know that's yeah that's taking this journey with us because it's really interesting. I like. I'm. A, I'll be honest. I'm a hype beast type of person. Not a hype beast, but I'm a hipster. And what I mean by that is I like people who are on the up and coming wave. And I appreciate when people come and see value in things. I think that one of the, I appreciate the diamond before it's cut rather than the finished product. Facts. And I think that, you know, us, you know, finding a ways to be cut in different, in many different ways. I appreciate the fact that you guys are taking, taking the time to, you know, watch us grow because there may be things that I say right now that, I could come back on like next season, be like you know what, I was wrong. Like yeah. I could be wrong. I do that all the time. You know what I mean? I yeah. do it all the time. So it's like we appreciate the fact that you guys are here with us. We appreciate the fact you guys are listening, actively listening. You know, so we definitely appreciate it. We got a lot more in store for y'all. Love oh, y'all. Yeah, man. we love y'all honestly. Um, and go go subscribe to that to the YouTube page. You know what I'm saying? MBT. Um, check us out on YouTube. It should be MB- next big thing. Faces the future. MBT faces the future on YouTube. Go hit that subscribe button. We're gonna we're gonna upload all the episodes under there. Like I said, you subscribe, you're going to see the new content that's on the way. Like I said, a lot of big things coming for, for the pod, for the brand, all that. And, and continue to listen, continue to hit us up and, and with any questions you guys got in any ways you if you want to get involved with the pod, calling, whatever it may be, let us know. Like I said, we listen to our listeners, we listen to uh, the people that view our podcast, and we take everything you guys say with, with the full heart and, and appreciate any feedback you give us and continue to uh, tune in. And like I said, shout out to everybody that's supported the brand from the jump, supported the podcast from the jump. Yep. Like Shan said, we've been growing. We're going to continue to grow. And it's literally, I tell everybody on the team, it's literally, we just, we just getting off this off the ground a little bit. Just getting off the ground a little bit. We we only at the tip of the iceberg, you yeah, feel me? And, and, and the visions that we have, the things that we talk about, I just can't wait for y'all to see, to be honest. I'm hype about it, the team hype about it, in, in every avenue possible. So, like I said, um, I'm signing off for this season. Um, episode 40, season four. It's your boy Mills. It's your boy Shan. It's your boy Moose. Peace.